And they call it Sunday with Maga. I can just tell people, my wife's a PE teacher and her final honours year, she did daily PE as her honours thesis. And I read it all. This is 1983, by the way, so it's a long time back. There was multiple schools in France where they introduced daily PE and they would get average increase of in IQ, never mind the physical capacity, the multiple classes where the, the average increase in IQ was 10 points. And I, and I thought, well, this is fantastic. It'll take off next week. It'll be all through our schools. And in fact, the exact opposite has happened. But it's completely up to the, the teacher. The other day I read, I spoke to a little friend, uh, the little daughter of a, a good friend, Andrew, little Lily, and um, she's at Belrose Public. I'm happy to give them a plug. It's up to the headmaster now, and every day they start off with half an hour of, I think they call it fizzy or physical or something. And I said, do the kids muck up? And she said, oh no, if we muck up, we lose 15 minutes the next day. And she was the brightest, you know, she's not, the, I don't know if she's the greatest sportswoman, but she is the brightest, most engaged little student you would ever see. If you don't have to go to the Olympics, there's nothing to do with that. It's just saying you start your day with some exercise, you keep it as part of your program, and then you your chance of a whole lot of diseases just drops through the floor. Mm. So, you know, for all of us benefit, but but you particularly have a, a better life. But it's nothing to do with being a super sportsman. But I think now there's a lot more of what would happen if we went for a run rather than let's actually just go for a run. You know? It's a radio show. Australians all know if you're rich or you ain't got a cracker. They tell stories so grand of this vast timeless land and they call it Sunday with Macca. They all call it Sunday with Macca. Yeah, they all call it Sunday with Macca. Get on with it, Macca. Uh, good morning. Thank you very much. I will do. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Exercise. You can take pills and do all sorts of things, but in many ways, what your medical professionals will tell you and everybody will tell you, that the best cure for most things, lots of things, is to do some gentle uh, and whatever you're, uh, you can do, exercise, exercise, exercise is the thing to keep your weight down, to keep your blood moving around your body and all those sorts of things and for good health and for walking uh, and uh, head time, all that sort of stuff. Stay off your mobile phones, all that sort of stuff. bit of exercise and bit of, as Dr. Ross would say, a bit of self-care, bit of self-care. It's the best way. Uh, I went to uh, Mudgee. Yesterday uh, and the day before, uh, had a lovely time, met lots of people. You'll meet them this morning. On the way, I listened to one of my old programs and I came across this, which I just grabbed off for you. But it was about the time when um, the floods were in Brisbane and around Toowoomba and uh, Matt from Texas rang up and uh, he'd already been down helping when the fires were down at King Lake in Victoria and they were, they were this group of Texans were... Were, came over and helped out, and then they came back when the floods. I don't know if they're going to come back uh, now because of what's happening in Australia. But um, and the drought, the drought is just terrible, truly terrible. But and I said, Matt, why do you come out? And he, and he told me the reason why it's good to help others, um, good for your psyche. This is what he said, uh, and he this, he was talking about 2011, I think it was. Have a listen. This is Matt from Texas. I, I don't think there's anything that just that, that makes you feel better, makes you makes you more connected with with people than when somebody needs your help. And if you think about you know any of the little hard times you've had, how much you appreciate the people that come down and help you. 
and, and that's kind of that's kind of our philosophy. We know that it, it just means so much to us when it'll help us when we need it, and it feels good to be able to do that back for somebody. Uh, it's a lovely thing, a lovely thing to say. Look, uh, emails uh, from all over the place from Neil Bloxham. This came through last year, late last year. I wrote to you last in 2000 when we were living in Lausanne in Switzerland, and I'm still hooked. We lived and worked there for two and a half years and have moved offshore for some time. Uh, us uh, Now our kids and grandies are all settled in Australia. We've listened for around 30 years and are listening online in Alofi, Nuig. Uh, it's the weekend highlight for me and Kat. We're 21 hours behind you. And we'll be here for a while as there's always lots to do and help to give this wonderful community. Um, says Neryl, Neryl and Kat, um, and they're listening online in the South Pacific, which I was thinking as I was driving along as you do because I heard the call. And I wonder if the polar bears have arrived in uh, Black Ticklekel because this is about the time of the year the polar bears arrive. <laughs> be freezing. It'll be absolutely horrendous in Black Tickle, I reckon, and probably minus 40 or minus 50, just unbelievable. Um, and Julie says, you mentioned tea just now, last week. I've been unable to purchase Billy, is it Billy Campfire Brew tea from Woolworths or Coles for some years? Only stockers says IGA. I rang a customer number for Billy T and was told they no longer place orders. Woolworths told me it was not a popular product and withdrew it. Apparently, folks only want tea bags. Shame big business can dictate to us. It's a worry. Of course they can. We have a small acreage in Gresford and Hunter Valley, and when we have visitors, we boil a Billy, and Billy Leaf tea gives the best results. <laughs> Other teas are not the same. Mm. Folks like even like the don't drink tea. There you go. The attitude of Woolies and Coles really annoyed me. Not much we can do. Thanks, Ian, for Sunday morning, says Julie Butel. Look, Julie, there's lots of good tea around. Um, you've got to find it. Go online if you can't get it, any satisfaction um, in the shops. But um, as I said, they took that... Uh, I used to buy that twining stuff. Um, Irish breakfast, because it was stronger. But um, I suppose... Julie puts the tea in the billy and twirls it round the head. You see the bloke, they used to twirl the billy around the head. and I don't know, something about being out in the bush and being outside and getting bitten by ants and having a cup of tea in an in a enamel mug, isn't it, Kelvin? 1300 700 that's our number. I'd love to talk to you wherever you are. G'day, this is Macca. Good morning, Macca. John here from Umbacumba. How are you this morning? Uh, Johnny, I'm good. Umbacumba, that'd be um, north of the Brisbane line. Uh, it's up at uh, on Groot Island, uh, in the Gulf, uh, up there in Northern Territory. Yeah, what are you doing there, John? I'm actually just, uh, I'd like to get up on a Sunday morning, listen to yourself, obviously, and uh, and shoot some Milky Way, if possible, and then I get the sunrise when it comes up, shoot that. I'm a bit of a photographer, it's my favourite uh, favorite uh, day of the week, it's a Sunday morning, nice and early. <laughs> we should all be there. Johnny, um, so you've got a big lens thing, a big... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, got way too much. You ask my wife, she'll say I spend way too much on it. <laughs> well, that's what when I was I was in Tamworth and talking to the astronomy club, a couple of blokes, and uh, one bloke takes photos, and I said, "What's?" And he started to tell me. He said, "Well, you start off small, and then you know, and then yeah, you want something better, and then you want something better than that, and then you get something bigger and more expensive than that, and it just keeps going, gets gets out of hand." Is that your story, John? That's exactly my story. Yeah, it starts off with it starts off with I'll just get a camera to do a couple of happy snaps, and about thirty thousand dollars later, and twenty seven camera bags, and you're sitting there going, uh, "I think this is a drug." 
And what do you like about um, photographing the sky, mate? Well, I, lo- I mean, I love this. I love the uh, the, the Milky Way. I love um, getting the sunrise and, and the sunset, obviously. And, uh, and I'm actually out on a what we call it the barge landing here. Where Umbacumba is only about 200 people, Aboriginal community. So uh, uh, there's, there's not a lot of people up here. Just me at the moment, and crocodiles and, and lots and lots and lots of fish. <laughs> How long have you been there, John? Uh, coming up for 12 months now. Absolutely love it. Where were you from? I'm from Adelaide originally, so we, we come up and we work for a, a non-for-profit organisation called Alpa, and we, we just, we've just we been working in these little Aboriginal communities now for a couple of years, and, and uh, it's, um, it's, 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 I think it should be like subscription. Everyone probably should do it because they'll, they'll get to, to see what, what I like to call the real Australia. Yeah, well, we all ought to see it. Um, not many of us will get, uh, get the chance to get to Umbacumba, mate. But um, No. Um, I think I've been to Groot. I landed at Groot on the way to somewhere else, that's all, um, and stopped at the airport for about... Yeah, well, so that's about that's about uh, 35 minutes away from where I am. I'm right at the top. So, uh, And this morning I'm just sort of looking. It's a little bit cloudy. We, we've actually had it as, as, in, as in Darwin, very, very dry, wet season here at the moment. Obviously Queensland's copped it all. A little bit of cloud cover around at the moment, still very humid. Water is like a mill pond at the moment. It's just, I mean, you sit there, and this is one of the great things about getting up at, uh, you know, sometimes I'm up at three, and then and away I go, and my wife, keep, I keep saying to my wife, you know, are you coming this morning? No, <laughs> not a chance, not a chance. So I absolutely love it. It's just me, and the, like I say, me and the water, and it's just wonderful. Yeah, I don't always get up early like early that, but every Sunday, of course, I get up about three o'clock in the morning and I, I go outside, take the dog for a bit of a quick walk and look at the sky. And this morning, it was be- where I was, it was beautiful and you could see the the uh, shopping trolley, as I call it, the frying pan and um, yeah. <laughs> and, and a few bits and pieces. And I, I know nothing about the sky. That's why I bought a telescope, which I can't use yet because it's, cause it's connected to the uh, internet and um, it's, uh, it's all too hard at the moment. But... It's just there's something magic about looking at the skies and and, and when it's quiet and yeah you chew on the stars really yeah especially up here too because there's there's no light pollution as such so so you get you know un, un, uninterrupted views you get absolutely crystal clear you know nights uh, it's, it's a little bit hazier with the humid humidity but the dry season this is probably the best in in my sixty years this is probably the best. Uh, winter I've ever had with it just being so absolutely gorgeous day in day out I keep thinking to myself god you know how how do people not know this is here it's just so so nice and you say it hasn't been much of a wet no not really um not really at all I mean the rain tends to come across the the bottom part you know where the airport you're saying you landed the rain tends to come across there and up through Aliangula and and uh, we tend to miss out here a little bit uh, so no, not it's not not been really. I mean, yesterday afternoon we got you know probably ten mil for up here. That's nothing, as you know. Um, and uh, yeah, no, not not a lot. So all it's done has made it very very uncomfortable. It's it feels like it's still the build up here. John, I wish uh, I could come to Umbacumba. Um <laughs> I just uh, well, I say that because I just went out to Mudgee and I just had a lovely time the other day because there were so many people there from all over the place and there was lots of things on and rodeo and blokes riding horses and girls riding horses and barrel racing and and it's nice to get out in Australia. Once you get out of the city, things things seem to happen much much more. Oh yeah, than if you live in the city. So um, my it, mother's my mother's from Mudgee, so uh, I went there quite often as a young as a young fella. And and you are right; it's uh, again one of the lovely parts of the world. 
I'll say, uh, John, send us a few of your um, your uncopyrighted photos. Just send us one, something that you don't want, and I'll put it up on our Facebook site. Will do, Maggot. No problem at all. A, um, a shot of um, Canopus or something. or Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never seen Canopus. I he- I've heard it talked about, but I've never seen it know, know what it looks like. I suppose it's I can't. E- I can't even spell it, little I know where it is. <laughs> oh, well, mate, there'll be an app for it. There'll be an app for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go online, mate. Everything's online. I will. I will. Good on you, John. Thanks, Maka. Take care. See you, mate. Wayne's in Wakul. Good morning, Wayne. Hey, Maka. How are you going? Yeah, not bad, mate. What's happening? Oh, look, we're we're down here. We're uh, dairy farmers, and I suppose um, we're a threatened species. I'll say. the drought is just absolutely terrible. I don't, I don't know. You know, people probably just can't understand how bad it is. And, you know, I suppose dairy farmers are just doing it so tough at the moment and there's so many people going out of the industry. And, like, the northern part of Victoria and the southern part of, well, all of New South Wales is in drought. But, like, we've got to make some decisions soon, um, you know, about autumn watering it to try and grow some feed for the winter, but the water price is just, you know, miles above what we can afford to pay. We're paying $60,000 a month for feed, for hay. Um, last year we were paying about 20000 And milk price is, you know, just basically much the same. And, and, like, the government goes on, or everybody's going on about this supermarket milk, and that's, that's certainly an issue, but it's not the issue. Um, like 10 cents a litre increase by Woolworths and only a very few amount of the farmers will get that. Whereas, you know, I suppose most of our milk is is going to other products and, and to export. And I suppose we just, and I suppose the last week or so, I've been chasing some of the politicians and they've got no answers, but we really need a feed subsidy, I believe, to... Um, get us through. We just, you know, we're, we're not going to get through. And I suppose if you look at the figures in, in the Weekly Times, um, in 2000, there was two 2,800 farmers and now there's 1,119 in northern Victoria. And in Victoria, in um, the Riverina, there was 250 and now there's 89. And our milk production is just down. It's the lowest it's ever going to be since, I don't know, for 25 years or something. Wayne, and you're out uh, You're out of deniloquent sort of, aren't you? Cool. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how long have you been a dairy farmer, Wayne? Oh, on and off all my life. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, look, um, wherever you go, um, wherever I've gone at the moment anyway, it's uh, dry and horrible. Um, New yeah. South Wales, and the further you go, uh, the worse it gets, Walgett, and then you go out to Dirranbandi and places like that, and I know parts of Victoria and down where you are. I don't know what you do about the dairy thing. Wayne, I, I was talking to my little Vietnamese um, greengrocer the other day. Oh, he said, vegetable, uh, three times price Price three times higher, he said. And, and yeah, as you look now, you might pay $10 a kilo in the shop for tomatoes and bananas, $8 a kilo, and everything's gone up three times. But, look, I think we've got to pay for – I don't know what you can do with, with the supermarkets. That's one, one of the problems. Um, the drought, obviously, is a problem. But I think your, your thing for a feed subsidy, I think that's um, – uh, 
Also, we get subs- we subsidise power apparently in in uh, in Australia, Wayne. We subsidise um, renewables. So why shouldn't we subsidise feed for dairy farmers? It's uh, it's it's part of Australia, I reckon. Look, we just we just need a hand to get to to the Rhine, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, there's going to be no industry, and and the country is going to be importing milk from overseas. And mm. I suppose we're we're one of the few industries where we can't pass the the increases on, whereas vegetables and stuff, you know, they've been able to pass some exactly. of that on. Yeah, they can pass it can't. as soon as there's a as a uh, scarcity and floods or whatever's happened in Queensland with uh, veggies, the price goes up. Um, and, yeah. and I suppose those who've got them can 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 uh, take advantage of that. But uh, the poor old dairy farmer, um, no, that doesn't happen. But um, you know, look, I, I think that's uh, it's. It needs to happen, and it needs to happen now, Wayne, because things are yeah, in a dire straits in Australia um, because we need a drop of rain, whether you look at rivers and vast tracts of Australia and bushfires, God help me. We need to pray for rain, Wayne, and look, good luck, mate, and nice to talk to you. Um, I'll see you sometime. I'm coming down that way. I'm not sure when, um, but um, I'll call in, Wayne, and help you with the milking. <laughs> you don't want that, Wayne. You don't want that. <laughs> Uh, the cows would love to see you. Oh. <laughs> All right, mate. Good on you, Wayne. Bye. Bye. G'day, this is Macca. Uh, Macca, it's Dick Smith here. Can you hear me? I can, Dick. Where are you? Macca, you won't believe it. I'm at the water, the flood front, that enormous flood that was up at Winton and right up to Townsville. I'm now down on Goiter's Lagoon, just the last 10k of it as it runs into the Warburton. And I'm with Greg Mortimer in the caravan, and we're looking down. We can see the flood front, the, the froth is going forward. It'll probably be, I'd say, in Lake Eyre in a couple of weeks' time, and the, the lake could feel unbelievably fantastic. Isn't that amazing? And the, and the pelicans will know about that, and they'll be there. Yeah, and look, we've just turned the plane around. We're heading north, and honestly, the whole horizon is ocean. There's got to be 20 sit-ups here. 20 sit-ups is unbelievable. Last night we stayed with David Delbrook in Birdsville, and we walked out. The Birdsville township basically is an island. The amount of water is inaccurate, even more than when you and I came up here a few years ago. Wow, yeah, I remember that. We paddled in the Diamantina or Air Creek, didn't we? Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, it's interesting, this time, the Air Creek is quite dry. There wasn't much water up on the uh, Barkery Tableland, but that tremendous amount of water that's come through winter. And, of course, we're still just on the last bit of the Diamantina. I'd say this afternoon, the, the flood waters will enter the Warburton. By the way, anyone who wants to find the place, we're at the Maldini Warra Waterhole. That's where the front of the flood is at the moment. We're about a thousand feet above it. It's just incredible. Look, G. Trevor Wright's going to be happy because a lot of people will be going out to see the flood in Lake Eyre. Oh, yeah, and flying over it. Now, your, your mate Greg Mortimer there, he's been on top of Mount Everest, but... Um, I bet that's a, a sight to behold with looking at that flood, mate. I wish we were there because that would be just a fantastic sight. It's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, I think I'll take Greg now and we'll land at the Kernieberger site, which, as you know, is below sea level. So he's not only then been to the highest place on Earth, he's been to the lowest place in Australia. Yeah, you ah. should... <laughs> You should send us a, a photo or two, Dick. Um, at, uh, as far as the eye can see, you say water. Yeah, looking north, it's incredible. On the left, I can see the Simpson Desert and the Sand Hills. And then you can almost see, you think there's a curvature of the earth, because the whole of Goiter's Lagoon 
you can't even see the little channels in it because it's flooded over the channel. So there's a tremendous amount of water coming down. And uh, I'd say, and Dave Brooks said to me, he said the Burstville track, the top bit of it, will be closed for at least two months. So basically, you can get into Burstville from the north, but you won't be able to come up the Burstville track, I'd say, for two months. Wow. So, Dick, you, you've seen this before, but no, maybe not like this. No, I haven't seen this much water here. I think this is more, maybe I didn't come at the wrong time, but it's certainly going to get down and through the Warburton, into the Warburton Groove, into Lake Air. So that'll be fantastic. I promised uh, Richard Branson next time it flooded, I'd fly him over it in the chopper, so I'll have to give him a ring and we'll probably come out here in a month's time and see that water flowing into Lake Air, which is incredible. I'll say, I'll say. Um, and I, I always know that uh, when that happens, the birds get there, they know before anyone else, and, and the birds are there to take advantage of that, all sorts of birds, not just pelicans, that the, they uh, just get there to breed, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. The bird life, we've seen pelicans so far, but the bird life isn't very much at the moment because this flood is also quick. It's just come down so quickly. And by the way, Cooper's Creek hasn't got much water in it. It's certainly, I think it's flying over the weir at Inamica, but we flew to Windura and there it's only within the channel. So not a lot of water coming down the Cooper this time, but lots down the uh, Diamantina and down the Warburton. All right, Dick. Uh, I wish we were there. It's just uh, it's it's mighty to uh, to uh, know that you're flying over that. And uh, yeah, lovely thing. Send us a photo if you can. Yeah, and everyone. Okay, you're not a real Australian unless you've seen Lake Air in flood, are you? You better come out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, not like not like this flat flood, apparently. Hold on, Greg's flying the plane. He's lost. Greg, we've got to head that way south. That's the way. So we're going to run out of fuel if we don't get, head down and get some fuel at William Creek. All right, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Great, great to talk to you, everyone. All the best. Good on you. G'day, Maco, is that me, Kerry? Oh, I think it is, yes, Kerry. Oh, I think that's <laughs> Kerry from Townsville. Hey, go on, mate. Yeah, good, thanks, Kerry. Uh, I just listened to you grab on exercise, and I was just wishing we could get that in all schools every morning. I'm not walking up the iron bark at the moment. And do you remember the days when we used to march around the schoolyard before school? Yeah. I saw... Even in the freezing cold, we used to have to do I... that, and it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, Mark Scott mentioned it last week and, and thinks that... Uh... Um, we should uh, do PE or something, exercise every every morning at school or, or sometime once a day, once a day. One period of the thing should be some PE thing, and I think that's a great idea. I think it's fantastic. It stops the little monkeys from wanting to act up because they're a little bit tired. Yeah. And it, and, and it just invigorates your mind. Um, I used to work for a surgeon. I'd have to type up all these letters, and I'd say, what are these letters? What are these medications? He says, they're all only antidepressants. He said, the doctors dish them out like lollies, and if they'd only tell them to get off their bums and walk for half an hour, it would um, it would solve so many problems, because the antidepressants put on weight, and then you depress because you're overweight. But I just wanted to tell a story. My sister, who's in her 70s, had rheumatic fever as a child, and she's always been conscious of her fitness. And she went in for open-heart surgery a little bit over a week ago, she had a tricuspid valve to place with some pig bells. We're still tossing up whether we should call her Pepper the Pig or Miss Piggy. Mm. But my sister reckons that's too cruel. We should just call her Babe. <laughs> but anyway, a week and one day after the operation, she's out of hospital. Two days after that, she walked around the block. 
and that's because she has always kept up her fitness and being conscious of it. It's the it's the only thing, Kerry. Look, I know nothing about uh, medical things, but I'm sure that. Um, as you say, rather than take things, I mean, we have to take things. I mean, I'm not saying you don't take things, but look, yeah. uh, every doctor will tell you, uh, any health professional will tell you that to do some exercise is the best the best remedy of all. Absolutely. And and it should start in the school and should start, it should be every day, it should be every day. Yeah, uh, and then we carry it through to our adult life as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if you started a habit as a young child, um, you know, I, I pull up at the hospital out there at Townsville all the time and I see all these obese people with their gait walking out of the hospital and they just don't want to help themselves. Mm, they want other people to help them and we've got to start turning that around and making people realise we're responsible yeah. for our own health, exactly. you and you alone. Kez, uh, how's things in Townsville quickly? Uh, grim, pretty grim. We're, you know, that whole phase now of, oh, God, where do we start? What's going on? There's still rubbish all around the roads and things, and the army pulled out, oh, God, two, two or three weeks ago. But I feel for our cousins over there in the west, Mecca, to see in the local paper all those poor beasts being buried and... And it's oh, it's just... horrible. And the drought, the drought and dairy farmers are struggling <sighs> down in Victoria and New South Wales. And Dorothy McCallum, I think she put yeah. a curse on us, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tessa, you keep in touch. Yeah, no worries. We're coming, to ta- you... we're coming to Townsville this year. I'll see you down on the Strand. Can't wait, can't so... wait. Look after yourself. Have a, have a fantastic day and keep up with the work, eh? Good on you, Kes. Bye. Bye. It's amazing who you meet when you're out and about. I'm at the Mudgee Show, and who do I bump into with Jamie Inglis? How are you, Jamie? I couldn't be better, thank you, Macca. Nice to see you here. Yeah, you had some horse sales at Warwick Farm recently, and the the big Easter sales will be on soon. Easter sales coming up soon, yeah, Yeah. excited about that. What are you doing at the Mudgee Show? Well, I live here at Mudgee, and uh, I'm helping. Uh So, you know, assisting, you've got to put in and assist in the local community. My brother-in-law, Hunter White's very involved and has been for years. He's a treasurer, so we try and get involved and help out. My wife and I, Sarah. I was talking to some of the other... Oh, that's right. I went past Tamworth the other day and the horse area, as I call it, and there's horses everywhere. You come here to Mudgee, horses everywhere. It's, I mean, it doesn't matter. Pony hacks or thoroughbreds and winks. It's, yeah. Australia's on the horse, aren't they? Oh, it is. And the pleasure horse industry in Australia is massive. Thoroughbred industry, of course, is enormous, but there's a, the pleasure horse game is phenomenal. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And these were yeah. people down from Cloncurry and from all over the place buying sort of stock horses and, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, Arabs and stuff like that, um, and horse floats. And yeah. like, I'm amazed the money must be in it. It's just unbelievable, Jamie. Well, I think a lot of people, Mac, with when it comes to the pleasure horse, I think that the horse will uh, they'll buy gear, horses, trailers, whatever, before they'll buy a lot of other stuff. I think that's on high on priority. And I was talking to a bloke who, who was a, in a telescope, you know, astronomy club, and he says, oh, well, you just you buy a telescope, and then you buy a better one, and then you buy a better one, and then you buy a better one. And he said, you keep, you keep upgrading. And I'm sure that's the same with these. They buy a little daggy float, and then, yeah. well, let's get the one that's air-conditioned, and it goes on and on and on. Where's, that's, exactly. Well, it's great. It's lovely, I think. Exactly. And, yeah, and you get a horse and you get to a level, I want a better one. Yeah. And, and you just keep getting better and better. I Quite want right. winks. I want winks. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Isn't, that <laughs> a, we all? isn't winks a phenomenon? It's just oh, amazing. I mean, out, obviously just an extraordinary mare, phenomenal. And uh, I've got to say, though, really well handled by Chris Waller. Mm. Gee, you know, 
hasn't over-raced a, a genius trainer and, um, and, the crowd and, and well-ridden too by Huey Bowman. Yeah. Never, has never been caught on the fence, always out of trouble. It's a great combination. So, Jamie, how long have you lived in Mudgee? Been here about six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Why, t- did, why did you come to Mudgee? Oh, I had change of uh, change of role in our company. It allowed me to uh, move here. I'm now technically a non-executive director of William Inglis. But why did you choose Mudgee? Oh, and not, well, you know, well I, I, I followed my wife because um, she song? had some country here, some family country. So I'm sticking close by her. And what's yeah. it like Hello, to live here? Got, uh, it's a great town, a outstanding, song? very central. We do go backwards and forwards I've to Sydney a, a lot, but Nina we go to the Hunter Valley. Mm-hmm. Central West, uh, yeah, it's, it's convenient to Tamworth where we go for horse events. Dubbo, the south, the Dubbo. Yeah, it's a good spot and a great community. Outstanding community. There's always something happening in Mudgee. It's got a great culture. People will say they come to Mudgee, they, they drive in, they say they'll stay the night booked out. You know, that happens a lot. But Jamie, great to see you. Megan, likewise. Good and welcome to Mudgee and uh, hope you. you enjoy it. Yeah, I do. Good, I will. Good to talk to you. Dry, dry, dry country around the place. Uh, and uh, hot weather down in Victoria, across to South Australia and in Tassie. Fires down there, drought. I've just been up to Mudgee and uh, it's dry there and talking to people. Like I met Daryl. Come and listen. To, just have a listen to what Daryl says. Uh, I met him at Mudgee the other day. I'm at Mudgee Rodeo. I'm talking to Daryl Riley. G'day, Daryl. How are you? Good, thanks, Mac. Yeah, great, mate. Great weekend in Mudgee, isn't it? Yeah, big weekend for Mudgee. Yeah, great. Huge weekend. Daryl, what do you do? I'm a miner at Malabin Coal Mine. Uh, come off the land, lived on the land all my life. Went mining and then, yeah, never looked back. But you also cart some cattle, is that right? Yeah, on my days off, I, I done a, I done a run up to Thargaminda and picked up some calves up there. Yeah. And what's it like up there? Yeah. Unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it, Macca. It's yeah, it's just heartbreaking. Unbelievable. We don't imagine it down here unless you. We all think we're bad, but you get up in there and it's just terrible. Yeah. And heebel around there, it's terrible. Unbelievable, yeah, no feed anywhere. Cows are just jumping in the trees to try and get the mulgers. And... Daz, you just do that in your days off, do you? Yeah, mate, just, um, yeah, always, like a week on, week off, always do something on the land, love the land, always been on it. Yeah, and just find something to do on my days off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's never a shortage of things to do, no. so you get around a bit. Yeah, do get around a bit, yeah. i got um, I got horses in that home and always rodeoed in that mucka, so, yeah, love it. Do yeah. you ride? Nah, used to, used to ride, used to get on a few broncs, yeah. Age catches up with you after a while, yeah. It's a bloody good sport when it's happening, but adrenaline, everything, yeah, it's great. And it's a good feeling around here, isn't it? The, the people, it's lovely, it's yeah. a big crowd here too. Great atmosphere, good crowd here at Mudgee, yeah, very good show. So where's well, home? At Casillas, Castles. What's it like there, alright? Yeah, it, nah, we're not good, but as I say, there's worse off than us, yeah. A lot of people running out of groundwater and that now is a big problem. Yeah, we seem to survive without feed a bit, but you're buggered when you're out of water. Daryl, great to meet you. Nice to talk to you. Thanks, Vaca. Give us a ring one Sunday morning when you're Will on the do. road. Will do. Going to the country and moving to the country, people talk about tree change. I'm not sure, you know, that's just a just a phrase, but people lo- move to the country and never look back. Um, and Dave Hetherington's just the same. Come and meet Dave. Here he is. Your name is? Uh, Dave Harrington. How are you, Dave? Good, thanks. Tell me your story. Well, uh, born and bred surf, moved to the country and, and into the rodeos. How Bloody come? great. <laughs> oh, I just love it. I take my daughter and me and the missus and we go everywhere. A bit different from riding a surfboard to riding a horse or a bull. Oh. What do you ride? Oh, I ride a horse, mm-hmm. yep. I'm probably one of the only blokes that get out there and barrel race. But uh, someone's got to keep the girls honest, don't they? I'm catching. I'm catching up, up to them. 
So Dave, tell me about the move. Why did you move? When did you move? Uh, we moved um, probably about five years ago now. And uh, From? From uh, Central Coast. Uh, look, we just moved for the bigger bigger area and um, just get the kids into the country, to be honest. More so for the kids, you know. It's been the best thing we've ever done. Made a difference to them, you think? Oh, awesome. Yeah, they, they love it. I mean, they are out every weekend. We, we are out. They're not at home. They're not on the computers. They're not on the iPhones. They are out and doing this every weekend yeah it's awesome and what do you do dave for i'm a, a builder you're always in demand uh always yeah yeah of course <laughs> and you always you haven't always ridden horses have you no mate no like i'm not joking we probably only got into this crazy sport about three years ago we got the girl a pony and then i said to my missus well if the girl's got one why don't you get one and then now we've got seven of the bloody things so and a horse float we started off with a two-horse float, now we've got a four, and now the missus has upped me for one with a caravan in it. So, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, well, you hear stories about people who move to the bush and never look back. It's about space, but it's about uh, there's something else oh, apart just, from space, isn't it's it? It's the lifestyle, it's the people, you know, the people are great. Oh, I just love it, you know, the different people you meet, and they're, they're real, you know, they're genuine. And Dave, yeah. you haven't looked back really, have you? No, I haven't. Best time of your life. I don't think I will look back. Yeah. Do you go, still go for a surf now and again? Nah, I, I, I have not joking. I don't think I've been in the water for seven years. There's a lot uh, more sharks now, apparently, too. Yeah, there are. Yeah, and it's the sand in the feet. I don't like it. <laughs> Dave, great to meet you. Good yeah, luck. No worries. Thanks, mate. G'day, this is Macca. Morning, Macca. Brian, how are you? Good, thanks, Brian. I um, flew out, I went to drive a truck actually out to Thargaminda, Kalamala last week, and then then I got to the end of the plane, four-seater plane, and flew to Quilpin up to Longreach, and the dust storm was just enormous. We went through nearly half an hour to an hour in the dust storm, couldn't see two foot in front of you, and I said to the pilot, I hope you can check the air cleaner when you get on the ground, because it's uh, just chock-a-block full of dust, you couldn't see anything, and no contact with anyone, you know? Yeah, that's what. Well, I spoke to the truck driver earlier this morning, and um, he told me it's just like a moonscape out there. That's unbelievable. And you go from from the Darling Downs right out to there to Longreach, and then you come to Whitton, and the disaster comes in with the floods. So, and just over the border here, we've got Wollongara, Tenerfield with the fires. So it's just I just can't believe the country. And I know the government's trying to do their help, but just listen to that lady before there. They've took the army out of Townsville and up north. Um, we really need those people here to help all those people in the bush and um, in the cities up there at Townsville. And, um, and the dairy farm, I used to be a dairy farmer years ago, and uh, I understand where they're coming from. It's just uh, we're going to lose all our industry if we don't try and look after Australia. It's, 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 it's a no-brainer, isn't it, Brian? It really is. I mean, I can't I – because I sit here and have people, and, and I feel a bit hopeless, really, because I get people ringing me up and telling me, well, this is happening here and this is happening here and this is happening here and, and there's drought and there's bushfires and there's that terrible floods and Dick Smith rang this morning and told us about mm. that sea of water all across there and birds will be surrounded for two weeks and – and then, you know, Wayne and Wakul with the dairy farmers and you know, he said, we need a feed subsidy. I don't know why if we can subsidy. It was likely with the cars. I mean, uh, we, we haven't got a car industry because, oh, we don't go subsidising. We subsidise every other bloody thing. Why can't we subsidise that? And why can't we subsidise dairy farmers? I mean, you know, if, if people think that, you know, that doesn't happen in China. In China, they look yeah. after everything. They subsidise everything there in China because they know it's about their country. But, you know, if you want to sell off everything and 
I mean, I just I just get so cranky, uh, Brian, when I sit here and, and listen to people who are struggling and, and I, I go and see volunteers who are going out to try and build some fences there and and volunteers. And another bloke rings up this morning and said, Mac, we've collected the grass down here. I've got 200 bales. Of, and can, I get some, can I get some help? How can I get this grass out to where people need it? And I don't know. I mean, it's a big, it's a big job, but, you know, you, the things you read about in the paper have got nothing to do with the the day to day life of all Australians. Really, when I see it, well, it's just amazing. We got a little not, nothing against. I'm not a racist or anything. The immigrants coming in the country and they get all the hand like they get looked after well. And but we just all the other countries in the world look after their own agriculture. They subsidise and they give them a go. But I think Australia's got to come into that really now. The government. Look, I hope this prime minister can stay in. I think he's a nice. Seems like a nice guy. We've had no government government for the last five or six years, ten years probably, because we've had no one there long term to make a decision. They're not going to make a decision. There's too many people out there to bag, and I think we've got <laughs> to get there and have a go. Yeah, we've yeah we've had five or six, haven't we, uh, prime ministers? It's ridiculous. Yeah, Brian, um, what do you do Great. for a living? Well, I'm a, I used to be a dairy farmer. Couldn't make any money, so we sold the farm. So I've got a job now. So uh, got a little small farm just outside outside Toowoomba, but I've got my neighbours' cattle at the moment. We sold our cattle before Christmas. And they've run out of feed. We haven't got much here either. But I said, and the council wouldn't let them put them on the road, which I started to do, but they wouldn't let us put them on the road because the road was too narrow, they reckon. But <laughs> it's on a dirt road, back road. But anyway, that was another argument. But um, So I've got the neighbours over here just taking them up to water at the moment, just get a bit of feed here for a couple of weeks and see how we go. And that's the other thing. Water's very short. People are delivering water all over the place too because you've got no water, you've got nothing. Um, well, I've, I've never seen anything like it, Macca, with water, feed, and no money. People just got no. There's no um, money anywhere. It's just. It's really tough old game, and I think um, it's, I've never. We haven't seen the end of it yet. But I just. You go. There's some wonderful people around that help people. Just. Um, and I know there's a lot of donation um, people there taking donations and that. But there's a lot of money they've got in their bank. Please let it go and use it because I've heard some of these different companies have got two million or three million. If it's true, go and spend it on the farmers and make sure you, they've got feed or food on the table because that's the biggest thing. Good on you, Brian. Keep in touch. All the best. Great show, mate. See you, yeah. mate. Thank you. G'day, Macker. It's Mimi Dalton here. How are you? Good, thanks, Mimi. Tell that's me... good. Um, I was just calling to let you know, I heard your story last weekend, I think it was, the broken story about the flood up in Queensland. Uh-huh, yep. And we, um, I'm at school at Caulfield Grammar School in Melbourne. I'm, board, I'm a boarder. I'm originally from Benalla in Victoria. And we've decided to um, start up a GoFundMe fundraiser for the flood relief up there. And we've currently raised $8,950 towards it. Good on you. Good on you, Mimi. Yeah. Um, and what's the, what's the GoFundMe thing called? How do people get onto that? So it's actually it's a link that... Um, it's really just sort of the core for grammar and the wider community. It's just incredible. Like, you know, they've all contributed amazingly. So if anyone wants to go on Twitter, just go onto the GoFundMe website and look up Queensland Flood Relief mm-hmm. and it should come up with uh, Mary Dalton's campaign, um, yeah, which is currently going very well. So, Mimi, you're in year 12. Would that be right? Yes. Yeah. And, and how's that going? Is that uh, you'll be you'll be having a busy year, I suppose. Yeah, it's really good. I've got a couple of sacks coming up this week, and um, no, it's it's good. Lots of fun. Oh, uh, I'll say. And what's Caulfield Grammar like? Oh, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. Best experience ever. Oh, that's good, isn't it? 
wonderful, yeah. wonderful thing to, to go to a school. And, and school's changed a lot, I suppose, since I was a, a kid. But um, it's nice to have a, a school where you have some, um, what's the word, school spirit, I suppose. Is, is that the word? Yeah, and support, I guess, really. Like this is a lot of staff, students and parents um, getting around this, which is awesome. So you go to the GoFundMe uh, page and um, on, yep. online and yep. uh, look for um, what Queensland flood? What did you say? Queensland flood relief. Queensland flood relief. Yeah. Flood, flood relief, and uh, and there you'll find it. And it's Mimi Dalton. Yeah. Mimi, uh, good on you. It's uh, it's a great thing to do. But you know, as you and I sit here and talk to people, and uh, I just. You know, I don't think we realise in the in the city because we live here. But if you get out there or you talk to people and you listen to what's going on and what's gone on there, it's, a, it's just a complete disaster. Just like the 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 fires were on Black Saturday, you know, all those yeah. years ago, and or something when something like that happens, and it's just a just a disaster, isn't it? And yeah, uh, it, it'll take uh, years and years to get over. But I mean, uh, we always need a. Um, we always need a mountain to climb, I think, in life, don't we? I think it's good to have uh, no good just sitting around saying, what will we do next? Um, there's, exactly. always, there's always something to do, Mimi, So, and, yeah. and you're leading the way, which is really good. Good on you, Mimi. Thanks, Michael. What are you going to do when you finish school, you reckon? Um, so at the moment, I'm going to head up north to a cattle station. Um, wow. I think it's, yeah, yeah, up in Queensland, which is pretty exciting. I'm very excited for that. All oh, right, but what do you want to do? You know, what career do you want to do? Oh, I don't know at this stage. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. Something to do with sports. Yeah, well, yeah, Video, maybe. Yeah, the first thing to do is get through the end of the school, isn't it? And then you worry. exactly get through this year, and then I'll think about it. Yeah, that's what I did too. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. Yeah, but anyway, good on you, Mimi. Good yeah. luck. Thanks, Mac. I'll see you later. See you. Bye. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.